than your Pittsburgh baseball club does anymore is to win, 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 and in the process, confound everybody on every side of the bizarre discussion that always seems to surround this franchise in this city. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. Pirates 6, Twins 2. Yesterday in Minneapolis, the Pirates evened their season record at 11-11. and They're back to 500 despite that 1-6 and start, despite losing Kebrian Hayes early on in this season. It's commendable beyond words what this group has done in winning 10 of its last 15, four of its last five series, and the one that they didn't win might have been their most impressive, and that was the four-game split with the Padres. They're just doing a lot of good things, primarily the bullpen, but not entirely. They're hitting the ball enough. They're like middle of the pack in the majors. Most of that has come from the top of the order. A little bit over the weekend came from the bottom, which was, I don't know if it was encouraging. It was just welcome more than anything else. And even the starters have kind of have gotten the, the Pirates enough innings where you think that it's not just going to be hopeless and you're going to be yanking everybody after an inning and a third and it's going to be a calamity in terms of how you manage uh, relief innings and everything else, it, it, it's gotten better, in, in particular because of the way uh, a couple of guys have pitched since coming up from the minors. Miguel Yahure, uh late last week and then Will Crow yesterday, you know, both looked good. Uh, they looked like they could be part of this, if not necessarily right away, then in the very, very near future. And even then, Trevor Cahill, who doesn't matter, mid-30-year-old, uh, he found a way to settle down too. So you're guaranteed that you're going to be getting, not guaranteed, it, it looks more certain that you're going to be getting at least some kind of respectable starts instead of disastrous starts, okay? How about that? But they're winning, and this is good. I'm here to tell you that this is good because there's so many strange responses that people seem to have had to this team being even moderately successful, and that's what 500 is, because it's also moderate failure, I guess, if you're going half full, half empty on the cup. And the one that gets me the most, I'm not going to lie, is the one that says that they should be throwing games right now. Or weren't they supposed to be losing a bunch of games so that they can tank it? Tank, 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 tank. The word comes up nonstop. I thought they were tanking. They're not tanking? Why aren't they tanking? Isn't there a great somebody, something or other named Elijah in next year's draft that they should be tanking for? (sighs) Even when they win, man. Even when they win. No. 
No, they're not tanking. No, this tanking concept was never part of the process. It was never something that was planned. It was never something that was weighed or considered. And I'm not even saying that in the defensive integrity context. I'm saying that in the context that nobody does this in baseball because there's no point to it. I know that you know this. I believe anyway that you know this. If you're listening to a show called Daily Shot of Pirates, if you have made something with that title part of your routine, chances are really good that you already know that the MLB draft is a crapshoot like no other in professional sports. You also know that there's no such thing as trading of draft picks, counter to increasingly and curiously popular myth. You also know that there's no lottery, and that the reason that there's no lottery is because that there's no point to tanking. Once in a generation... A player comes along in the draft who would be worth the tank, who would be worth the so-and-so sweepstakes if you lose out or you bottom out and you sell off the team and you drop your payroll to zero and everything else. You know who those players are? Yeah, Mike Trout. Lasted till number 23 overall. How about Albert Pujols? Wasn't taken until the fifth round. Even the team that drafted him got that one wrong four times. Okay? I mean, even they messed that up. The draft is unlike anything. The last prospect who came along, who was the sensation-level type where you just were just in total awe of him and couldn't wait for him to arrive, was, of course, Steven Strasburg with the Nationals. And it turns out that he was worth the wait in terms of his initial impact. And then, of course, he got hurt. He had the Tommy John. And, and to his credit, he bounced back, and he became a part of the Nationals' first World Series championship. Great. Good for him. He doesn't happen often. And if you think about what we were discussing as it relates to these pirates, oh, just a month or two ago, and everything was Kumar Rocker this, Kumar that, Kumar this, Kumar that. If the pirates don't draft Kumar Rocker, it's because nutting this, nutting that, there should be an investigation. Okay, and now all of the discussion in the baseball community as it relates to prospects and the draft that's coming up in July is that Jack Leiter has significantly overtaken Rocker in his own rotation and that the real issue is between Leiter and Jordan Lawler, a shortstop, as to who might go number one. That could change by next week because that's baseball. Baseball does not have a Heisman Trophy winner, does not have players developing into their early 20s the way you see in football. 
It's not even anywhere near as certain as the hockey draft when everyone's getting taken at age 18 from all over the world. You at least get to see those guys compete in a ton of games in international competition. In baseball, you're watching high school players face other high schools. And you're trying to judge their major league potential four or five years away. It's a nearly impossible science. And the people who do it for a living will tell you that. Never mind people like me saying it. There's no tank. There's nothing being lost. In fact, what the Pirates are doing right now is a plus. And it is a significant plus for the Pirates both now and in the future. Listen to, listen to the way Will Crow talked yesterday in Minneapolis after his start. Just think it's a bunch of guys who um, are having a lot of fun. You know, the locker room, the atmosphere, everything about us is is just the vibes are incredible. And uh, from the top to the bottom, we have a bunch of dudes that are really good baseball players. And uh, we got a really good team. And as long as people keep sleeping on us, we're going to keep surprising everybody, I guess. So um, we're just going to we're going to ride this way. We're going to keep playing baseball like we know how to and uh, keep winning games. You want that. You want that attitude to be in your organization. And as Derek Shelton would speak also after the game yesterday in Minneapolis, the Pirates want that signal and those vibes emanating all the way through their organization. He knows, and he's right about this, that they're all watching They're all watching. They're all in this organization. They're all in this system. And for that matter, the coaches at those levels, right now it's the minor leagues haven't started yet. They'll start on May 1. But the coaches and the instructors at those levels are using what's happening with the parent club as a model. They're using it as inspiration. And if that sounds over the top because these guys are 500 or whatever, so be it. You have to understand that in their world, all they heard every day, everywhere they go on social media, is that they suck. The Pirates suck. Pirates suck. They're going to suck this year. They're going to suck forever. Um, No one cares. Da-da-da-da-da. Okay? Completely hopeless franchise or whatever. And then instead they see this from players that they got to know and got to see and experience and share time with in Bradenton this past spring. That means something. It means something at all levels of the organization. Does it mean they're going to the playoffs or anything ridiculous like that? No, of course not. If anything, what you're going to see here is that individual players might raise their own value to the extent that Ben Charrington will end up trading them at the deadline for more prospects and whatever. But what it does regardless of where the record ends up, is it shows these kids that the same people teaching those guys and making those guys better can someday do that for me. Stuff matters. It matters. Man, the misinformation about this team that's out there. You know, I'm not even blaming anybody for that. I think it's just people just concoct things out of thin air as it relates to the Pirates. When we come back, just one question.
Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question, and that's always brought to you on this program by the good people at North Shore Tavern, directly across Federal Street from PNC Park on the Willie Stargell statue side. North Shore Tavern is the sister-slash-companion venture to Mike's Beer Bar. They're right next to each other. Same kitchen, a lot of the same people, the same dedication that you expect from a small independent business like the ones that Mike Sukic has built over there. North Shore Tavern is being known already around our community as the home of Steak on a Stone, a meal that has to be experienced as well as eaten. And it's also, you know, as long as we're talking about the buckos being (laughs) a thing in the early going here, the only dedicated pirate sports bar on the planet. They don't do the thing where they take down pennants and put them back up and say, tonight we're a Steelers bar or tonight we're this or that. They're a pirate's bar. Nothing but 365 days a year. Question comes from Adam Kalazi who says, with this weekend's games, Derek Shelton and his staff now have 82 games with the Pirates, or basically half of a normal season. Is it possible that Shelton is growing into his job as it would have occurred over the course of a full normal season? Adam, I'll tell you the same thing now, as I said when they were losing. I don't know how much of any of this bad or good, reflects on the major league manager at this stage of the team's building. I really don't, because the number one priority for Shelton is also the number one priority for Oscar Marine and Rick Eckstein and all of their helpers, and that is to make individual players better. If you want to look for signs of progress related to the 2021 Pirates, I will tell you the same thing that I've been saying all along, and that is don't look at wins and losses. Look at individual performances. The wins and losses are going to be a byproduct. If the individual performances go up, and for the most part, not everybody, not everybody, for the most part, they have. You're going to see good team outcomes, duh. You know? <laughs> That's why you tune into a program like this, huh? To get that kind of insight. But it's true. It's true. And if you look at the individual guys, Adam Frazier has has hit significantly better than last season. Brian Reynolds has hit significantly better than last season. These guys are closer to what's been expected of them through their careers. Colin Moran is, he's cooled off a little bit, but he's still doing well. Kevin Newman's been a disappointment. If you're looking for a contrast, the pitchers also, you know, kind of a mixed bag in this regard. In some cases, the same story for the same player. Like Mitch Keller started off really badly, and now he's had a couple of encouraging starts. These are the things that matter the most toward building a contending team, which is not going to happen in 2021. When I think of what the major league manager can bring, when things are 
closer to where they need to be, when you have the talent at hand, where you have real expectations. I think about uh, strategy aspects, managing the bullpen, uh, fundamentals. I think about uh, the clubhouse, managing your leadership, things like that. Some of that does come into play now, of course. He does have to manage his bullpen. I think he's actually done a really good job of it, but I also think part of the reason he's done a really good job of it is that everybody he brings in gets a bunch of outs. (laughs) You know what I mean? I like some of the decisions that he's made, and and, and I've talked about this and I've written about it already this season, when it comes to just prioritizing Younger guys, when it comes to prioritizing development, I like the fact that he's left Luis Oviedo out there on the mound in tougher situations, the Rule 5 kid, 21 years old, because that is important. That is important. I like the fact that either he or Ben Charrington or both had a stunningly short fuse when it came to Anthony Alford and Dustin Fowler, neither of whom were allotted even a month to show the organization what they had before they were shipped out. I like that. I don't know which of the two, you know, were, were, were the one that, you know, really started or ignited the move to get them out of here, but I'm all in favor of it regardless. It, it's hard. It's, it's a hard question to answer, Adam. Uh, manager, as, as they always say themselves, they get too much blame when they lose. They get too much credit when they win. Uh, I'm going to stay with that one as it relates to Shelton. Shelton's going to be here for a while. If the players are getting better under him in these early years of this building, then you'll have a pretty good idea that he's going to be around uh, when the better talent does arrive in Pittsburgh. Thanks for the question, Adam. That's good stuff. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll do another Daily Shot of Pirates tomorrow. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.